This is Help I'm a Children's Pastor, episode 37. Hey, welcome to Help, I'm a Children's Pastor, where we're focusing on the needs of the everyday children's minister. This is episode 37, brought to the week of October 24, 2012. I'm your host. My name is James Kennison. I'm the kids pastor at Suncoast Cathedral in beautiful St. Petersburg, Florida. And with me is my new co-host, John Steinklauber, children's pastor at Trinity Fellowship in Sharpsburg, Georgia. John, welcome to the show, bud. Thanks, man. Hey, appreciate the welcome. I want to tell you a little bit about John. John is a, he is no um, noob to ministry, but he is a noob to children's ministry. He just recently took a children's pastor job. I've known John ever since uh, high school, I would say. Mm-hmm. Since, since 1988. Oh my goodness. was Has it been that long? John even dated, yep. John even dated my sister for a few days somewhere in there. <laughs> Uh, so John and I have a, a really good history. John's been doing co-hosting duties on my other show at podcast.nlcast.com uh, called Nobody's Listening for the last three years. So I'm excited to have John on um, again as as a peer, but also a guy that needs to learn some things and, and is really wanting to have someone pour in his life. And so I love the idea of rebooting uh, Help, I'm a Children's Pastor with the old guy, quote unquote, that's been doing it for uh, 13 years or so. Not not even, not even, maybe 11, maybe 11 and a half. I don't know. I don't know what I count <laughs> anymore. Long time. Yeah, I've been doing it for a little bit. And then and then John, you know, kind of starting, though he's not new to children's ministry, but starting in full-time ministry, uh, yep. you know, officially. So we're really excited about that. We won't, we, we're not going to jump in and do a real show today. We're just introducing John. I just wanted to welcome him. And we're going to catch up on some emails and uh, and some voicemail or emails rather some input that we've had from our listeners, and then we're going to start a real live broadcast, a, our first rebooted Help I'm a Children's Pastor episode, uh, very very soon. If not next week, the week after. I haven't talked to John about our recording schedule yet. It it may be weekly, it may be biweekly, but I just wanted to introduce you to him. John, tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, and where you're headed. Okay, well, uh, I'm I'm John Steinklobber. I am from originally Orlando, Florida. Um, I've been working in the uh, p- the public market, I guess you call it the secular job market. Some people do the professional market. I was you've been working, working for the in devil. IT. What are you? What What's are you, that? You've been working for the devil. What? I don't. I've been, I've been working for the man. Se- secular means um, devil. No. Secular. I'm sorry. Um, been uh, working IT and facility management for a, a large public uh, government contractor, and um, now I'm stepping back into full time ministry after 12 years. I did uh, spend the first few years after college in full time ministry. I have a degree from Southeastern University in Lakeland, Florida. Holla. And uh, and so here I am. I'm back. Uh, God's seen fit to bring me back into full time ministry. I'm really excited to do it, and um, I have no idea what I'm doing. So yay! Well, <laughs> twelve years later, help. Yeah, I, I don't know that I do either, but I've learned a few things here and there, and we're looking forward to sharing those things with you and our listeners as well. And uh, do us a favor if you're listening to this show, do us a huge favor and write up um, a welcome for John. 
Okay. Do yeah. it. Do me a favor. Just welcome him to the show. Let us know you're still out there and send it to help. I'm a CP at gmail.com. What we're going to do, our first show will be called help. I'm a children's pastor. I mean, that's the name of the podcast, but we're going to call it the episode that, and what we're going to do is focus on things that we wish we had known leading to our first Sunday. We're going to talk about issues we've already faced. Uh, we're going to talk about how you prepare for the unknown things in ministry. Uh, we're going to talk about goals, the short-term goals that we have when we first start uh, in, in our new children's churches. And then uh, what do you wish somebody had told you, you know, before you started in children's ministry? And uh, we'll talk about personal development and, and things like that. If you have any tips or input on any of those kinds of things, including future show ideas uh, about reward systems, security systems, mm. and discipline systems, send that stuff to help. I'm a CP at gmail.com and we'll enter it in on a future show. Uh, what I do want to do, though, is hit you guys up on some ministry ideas, and then we're going to move into books, and then we'll read some content from you guys. I want to tell you real quick um, about just one thing on my list. I'll save the rest for a different show, uh, uh, a full show. But I, I've started something, John, recently that I call the Sunday folder. Cool. And a Sunday folder is just that. It's a, it's a folder marked Sunday, and I put it in my filing cabinet that's right up underneath my desk. And anything that I need to hand out on Sunday, because Sunday's the big day. That's that's the sh- the big show I call it. That's um, right. That's the day that you, everything everybody's there, and anyone that's going to think to ask you something is probably going to be on that day. You're going to have a million things going on, and it's hard to remember all of them. So whether I have flyers that the uh, youth department wants me to hand out about them selling cookies, you know, or or whether you know. Uh, I have reimbursement checks that need to go out to different leaders. I put all that stuff during the week into my Sunday folder and I carry that thing around with me until it's empty. And a lot of times I'll even, I don't even do it all myself. Uh, My wife is uh, usually helping me. I've got an assistant helping, you know, not a real assistant, but a helper. And, um, and I'll hand them, say, can you take this up to Sunday school? This is a reimbursement check for sister so-and-so and blah, blah, blah. And so, man, it's so helpful. And if, if something doesn't get done, like I've had one thing in there for a couple weeks. The Sunday school department, uh, the adult Sunday school department, really want to have a couple of people in their world learn my check-in st- system. Well, they haven't been available because they've been short-staffed, and the, the leadership has had to step into a teaching role for the last couple of weeks. Well, that thing just stays in that folder until it gets done because I wrote it down on an index card. So uh, the Sunday folder, it's one of my ministry tips for this week. Um, a couple of books that I've been looking at. One of them, I've been rereading Getting Things Done by David Allen. I highly, highly suggest that book to anybody that's like me who is unorganized and 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 you forget things and you have a hard time remembering stuff and you, you have people call you and say, did you get that room reserved? And you're like, Doo! Um, if you're <laughs> If you're like me, I used to play this game where people would ask me on Sundays and I would say, um, you know what? Call me on Monday. Call me on Monday and let's talk about that. And and that was my way of putting them off. I felt good about it because I was like, you know, if it's very important to them, then they will call me on Monday. Yeah. And then I felt good about it, even though I was secretly ducking, ducking it. Uh, but David uh, Allen has helped me uh, with this book, Getting Things Done, to carry around a stack of of all things uh, post, uh, not post notes, um, index cards, just lineless. A clear blank index cards. You can buy 300 of them for like a penny at Target. Uh, yeah. 
But uh, I carry around about 25 to 30 of them. And man, anything and everything that I have to do, I make an individual index card for, and I keep that thing in my pocket. And uh, whenever cool. I whenever I have nothing to do, which is, if you think about it, there's always, you always say, well, I, I never have nothing to do. Yeah, you do. After each project, you have nothing to do until you start the next one. I'll, I'll leaf through that thing real quick, and the next thing that I have to do will pop out at me. And I'll get it done. But we'll talk about getting things done in a future Smart. future episode. John, what are you reading these days? Uh, I am reading a book called Helping Our Children Grow in Faith. It's by Robert J. Keeley. Mm-hmm. And um, Amy, my wife, actually picked this up for me. It's just just it's actually for people that work with children, just you know, volunteer with children, all the way up to you know, children's full time pastors, and it just kind of takes you through uh, some different um, ideas and stuff. And uh, it's it's been good so far. It's got some really good, rich stuff in it, and uh, I've been enjoying it. And again, that's Helping Our Children Grow in Faith by Robert J. Keeley. Okay. We'll have links to both of those in our show notes uh, under episode 30, what did I say it was? 37 um, at uh, helpimachildrenspastor.com. Um, I do want to explain real quick why why the jump from uh, 12 to 37. Because if you've been tracking with us, Help I'm a Children's Pastor had been up to episode 12. Well, what I've decided to do is go back into our history, into our archives. It used to be called Children's Ministry Monthly. Then I changed the name Mm. to Help I'm a Children's Pastor. um, And I restarted at episode one, even though we'd had this huge backlog of past episodes. Well, I've gone and I've added it all up, and I've decided we're going to continue as if the whole show, the whole time, was one continuous series. So we're going to skip from 13, where it would usually be, to 37 so well, that's cool it gives us a little more cred you know what i'm saying yeah because we've done 37 shows or at least i have i don't know where you've been you were <laughs> in the secular just... devil sector that's where you I were was in the devil sector i'm sorry every time i hear the word secular you know it was used so much i think when we were teenagers especially yeah, with backward masking music. and secular music yeah you you did associate secular with satan yeah, <laughs> and I it did. doesn't mean that. It means just not, you know, like my underwear is not secular. Religious. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. It, it my undershirt has no religious significance. Uh, um, not every religion can say that, but uh, but ours can. Um, hey, Pastor James, I just wanted to shoot you an email saying thanks for the podcast. I started listening when I was contemplating taking over children's ministry at my church, and it has absolutely increased my knowledge on how to do ministry. He said, if you'd like a ministry update, I decided the children's ministry was not for me. <laughs> I did, however, get hired on as a youth pastor at a church plant, and I appreciate I, I would appreciate your prayers as we get ready to kick off. I plan on implementing some of the things I've learned from children's ministry into youth ministry. So thanks again, your fan, Matt, in McConaugh, McDonough, Mc, how do you say that? D-O-N-O-U-G-H. McDonough. That's not too far from where I'm at. Well, there you go. He's he's a youth pastor in McDonough, awesome. Georgia. A church plant too, dude. That's awesome. That's crazy. I I um I did it the backwards way, as we'll talk about in a minute. Um, I started in youth ministry, well, children's, and then youth, then children's. But uh, Crazy Mike says, "Hey, I just listened to episode 14 on why children's ministers ministers struggle." And man, did I need to hear that one. Thank you, thank you, thank you for making for taking your time out of your hectic schedule to do a podcast for children's ministers that are in the trenches. It's easy to feel like we're the only ones in this trench. Thank mm. you again 
in his grip. Crazy Mike from Roanoke, Virginia. No problem, man. We just keep it real. I was in there for a little while, too. Sweet. (laughs) Let's see if we got anybody from St. Mary's next. Oh, that would be crazy. (laughs) Um, Matthew Amoson says, Hi, James. I've been listening to your podcast recently. I just discovered them, really enjoying them. I wanted to ask you a couple questions about children's ministry. First comes as a result of a youth internship I did this summer. I did a really good job with the youth, and when I was 17, I felt God called me to work with youth. As a part of my job, I had to to do VBS, including hosting it on a stage. I'm pretty dynamic and good with kids as well. So good, in fact, uh, that they said the church staff says I should be the children's pastor at the church. I told them that my calling is with youth, though. And the head pastor said, did you ever think youth meant kids as well as teens? And have you ever encountered something like this, he asked. I love kids, and I have a passion for them in the church. Uh, How do you go about seeing God calling, uh, but when you feel like God's calling you to teenagers, how do you go about working with kids? He says, I realize you weren't there this summer, but hopefully you have some advice. He says, "Uh, my second question is, uh, I've been praying about this, and I have an opportunity to volunteer as a children's minister. I will get, he says, uh, I'm dynamic on stage in front of a crowd, but the church's children's ministry is currently 10 kids, and it's, it's like a Sunday school classroom setting. He says, mm. obviously, we can build to a bigger ministry with more of a stage ministry with puppets and, and segments and such. How do I get, A, start building to that, and B, thrive in the small teaching setting for now? Any help would be great, and keep up the podcast, Matthew. Well, Matthew, um, I answered this to him via email because it seemed pretty pressing, but I also want to share it with our, with our public uh, on this uh, shorter episode. Here we go. Um, I, I'll just break it down like this. He says, have you ever encountered something like this where you know you're, you feel called to one thing and, and then you're asked to do something else? And I say basically, yes, absolutely. Um, but uh, the other, I was the other way around. I was called, quote unquote, to children, but I found that God had actually called me for a season to youth ministry where I worked with Pastor David Godbout for three and a half years. And it was an awesome time. I was mentored. I learned a lot about ministry. Um, and I found out that it didn't matter the age of the kids. What mattered was my willingness to serve when God gave me an opportunity. And personally, I don't know that I believe that we're called specifically uh, to youth or preschool or children. I think we're called to minister to whatever God would have us do. I do mm-hmm. believe that we are called to ministry. I remember when I was eight years old and God said, you know, I'm setting you apart. I want you to be a minister. I assumed it was to kids, but for a time it wasn't. For a time it was outreach on a bus to to middle school and high school kids. And the the trick is whatever God is opening for you, as long as you've prayed through and you know, and you feel a peace about it, don't get hung up on the age group. And so uh, that was really my advice to him. He says, second question, I love kids. I have a passion for them in the church. How do I go about seeing God's calling me not to teenager? Um, and that that's where I think I've addressed that, that, um, well, you know, I, I would even ask, uh, you know, with me right now in this season, I am called to be a children's pastor. I know that. And, and, but I would be ignorant and, and I used to be ignorant cause I'd say it, uh, I'd be ignorant to say that I would be in the same position for my entire life. Uh, God may, shift me over to something else. He may say, hey, I want you to be youth pastor again. I may want you to be an associate pastor. I may call you to be a, an adult pastor. The trick is with God is you have to be willing to do whatever he's called you to do. 
And uh, if yep. you if you follow any biblical hero in the Bible, they had many, many, many hats that they wore, different versions of what they became before they uh, really settled into the role God had for them. Everybody from Joseph to Moses, uh, maybe not so much with Samson, because Samson never got his first job right. So he, he never could get moved on to anything else. His last job killed him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. You're going to make me get a rim shot sound clip on this show too. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. What did, what did it say that, um, sin will bind you, blind you and grind you. That's the three Whoa. sermon points for a Samson sermon. Um, so take that, nice. take that. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Straight up with the alliteration. <laughs> uh, he says, obviously we can build a big ministry. To, uh, to with more of a stage ministry with puppets and stuff. He says, but how do I start building to that and thrive in the small teaching setting? I said, it's a good question. You can start with what you have, a classroom setting, and just start integrating segments over time. Uh, for example, add a praise song segment to the classroom setting right away. Just say, hey, we're going to pray, and then we're going to do some songs, and uh, and then we'll get down to business. A few weeks later, add a game segment after you've learned a couple lessons. And then the very next week, set the chairs up differently and, and point them toward a quote-unquote stage area and get mm-hmm. rid of the tables and do the teaching, praise, and the game s- segments. Then add a puppet, and boom, all of a sudden you've transferred a classroom into a children's church setting. And I wouldn't be, you know, it wouldn't be, I think you'd be very wise to not throw the whole classroom thing away. When you've got 10 kids, you know, take take and do a children's church segment for half of it, and then do do a craft. Do um, a small group breakdown where you sit at the table and talk to them one-on-one and let them be more interactive. Because the only failure, really, of the children's church model, and it's, and it's a failure of big church model, too, is it doesn't allow for a lot of interactivity. And the smaller you can make your group, the more you can allow kids to communicate with you. You know, in, when you've got 50-plus kids, you can't answer the kid on the second row that has a question right in the middle of your service. You really can't. But you can in a group of 10. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm just I'm encouraging Mike to, to maybe hold on to a little bit of both. Do puppets. Do segments. Do worship. Um, do it. But, but uh, close it out with some small group time around the table. That'd be awesome. Um, well, you know, there's a saying in, in business is you dress for not the job you have, but for the job you want. And I think it's true in, in ministry, too. You don't, you know, if you want to reach thousands of people, you got to reach the 10 that are right in front of you. And uh, it's true. This, the principles are not going to change. Just the form, forum is, you know. Right. So keep the message the same. And I think what I was told, at least, is that they care more about how much love you have for them than they do about the puppets to right. begin with. That's true. I don't know if that's true or not. But. No, it, it absolutely is. <laughs> uh, well, there's the balance. It, they they have to know how much you care before they care how much you know. That's the first part. And then the other part is that the experience has to be, is is just as important as the content. So both of those yeah. you know, support that thought. Because with kids, if they don't have a good time, they're not going to learn. And... Um, and and if you don't make it fun, you know they're 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 gonna they're gonna just think about lunch the whole time. Yeah. But one thing I challenged him with, I said, if you're gonna be temporary, you might consider keeping things the same and just do them better and thrive in the in the circle that God has put you in. I know you know our default thing is we want to get better and grow and we but growth isn't always something you can take a picture of. Sometimes it means just the life of those kids 
the things that they're doing day in, day out, the discipling mm-hmm. that you're doing. And if you set up a huge stage ministry that's based on your talents and what you're able to do, but then you pull out, it'll fail. Yeah. Part of a measure of a ministry is, will it outlive me? If I walk away, will it continue? And that's yeah. one of the scariest things to say because you know that's your job security on one hand, but but in reality, if we're if we're doing what God's called us to do, which is to to develop disciples and and to enable people to do ministry, um, we ought to be able to walk away. And it, yeah. and it and it's bigger than me. It's bigger than just my personality. It's dependent on God. So I I again I just direct Mike to prayer. Pray about the vision that God has given you. Pray uh, for a vision if He hasn't given you one. Um, a vision is like going in the future, taking a photograph of what your ministry will look like, and then bringing it back to today. And once you have that image in your head, the steps that you need to take will, in some ways, become very obvious. Not always sim- easy, but they will be simplified. Um, the steps that God has us take are rarely easy, <laughs> but yeah. they but they are uh, simple when we know what God wants. So, uh, Mike, another Mike says, "Hey, Pastor James," he says, "I've been building. Um, I have just seen the building." For our church plant, and I have two rooms to work with in all for all of our kids. He Whoa. says, I have a place for nursery, so it takes up one of the rooms. And the way it looks is I would have two year olds through fifth grade all together in the same room. He says, I know that's insane, and the two year old parents will hate it, and the elementary students will hate it. Any suggestions? And uh, right away, I just said, see, see if you can get the nursery to expand to take two and three-year-olds, first of all. Two and three-year-olds are hard to, to mix in any group because they are mm. so unique, um, mm-hmm. and they could be a danger to infants. But you can keep infants behind a cage called a crib, You can't always, and you can hold them. Uh, two and three-year-olds, good luck trying to contain them anywhere. Um, but you really don't want kids in your children's church that aren't out of diapers, and that's the truth. Yeah, yeah, you can't manage that. If they're in diapers, that's... It's ridiculous. I mean, yeah. So you might consider doing a non-conventional kind of service. Well, maybe maybe you start like a normal service with praise and all that, and then you break the group into smaller groups and do centers or rotations. And that way you're breaking the big group down by age, and each age has its own leader. And so you can kind of fake like you've got a preschool group because they're rotating through these centers uh, it sounds a lot more complicated than doing a regular service, but rea- in reality, you're just taking the segments of a normal service and giving them a corner of the room and having the kids visit them and rotate every 15 minutes or so. Um, but mm-hmm. then you could end with a worship time and a review time. Uh, pre-show, you could have an area set aside for preschool kids that elementary can't enter. That's like their half of the room. This will help your new kids assimilate to the room because um, little kids don't like big kids. They really don't. And little and big kids can handle little kids, but it's not the same for them when they're new coming into a room. This will also keep the chaos down and it makes it easier for new kids in general to join in if they if they see you know people like them having fun somewhere, they are more likely to join in and have fun. And your pre-K kids don't so much play with each other; they play along with other people. Um, so it's good to have them seeing that. As far as rotations, um, I would suggest snack. Where a purpose where kids can gather to hear a Bible story um, while eating a snack. Uh, you could have a story segment. You could have a game rotation. 
You can have a craft or an object lesson station where kids create crafts or participate in hands-on lessons that reteaches the main theme. And it sounds like a lot of work, like I said, but it's no different than coming up with a regular service. You're just parsing out the segments yeah. to your helpers. And if you give those segments away, it's actually less work. All you did was create it. And mm. um, there's a great curriculum out there that kind of leads that way. It's called um, Kids on Worship. And uh, it, I'm sorry, it's called Faith Weaver Friends. And they have a preschool curriculum. It's a group publishing com, And uh, I still use it for our Juniorville uh, preschool segment. It's a midweek program, but it works really, really good for pre-K rotational children's church. Um, cool. So basically what you're doing is creating small groups within your big group. Even though they're all together, you can teach each group at their own pace, their own learning level, rather than having to dumb it down for one group at the expense of losing the rest of the group like you would in a more traditional children's church service. Um, so Faith Weaver Friends program, I'll have a link to it in the show notes. Um, got a couple resources that I want to share with you, and then we're going to close out this show, John. Um, cool. If you read info, oh, good, good. Yeah, it still worked yeah. out. Uh, even with the the shorter format, we're going to be fine. We're going to be great. Uh, okay. So um, fonts. You know what a font is? If you don't, it's uh, it's what your text can turn into. It's like graphics, but they look like it's A, like- B's, and C's. Comic Sans Serif? Hey, that's the worst font ever. Isn't that the only... (laughs) No. A lot of times uh, when we're making flyers and stuff, we're looking for fonts that are fun and crazy, um, but still legible. There is a great website that I've used uh, recently called fontsquirrel.com. Fontsquirrel, we'll have a link to it in the show notes. Great commercial fonts. All of them are 100% free to use, and they have the benefit of being 100% free to use commercially. So even though, you know, most churches are, you know, 51C3 and blah, 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 a nonprofit, um, if you ever did anything where you were make, raising funds or whatever and somebody really wanted to get you with the free font that they gave you, some of those fonts are not – you, you have to pay if you want to use them to generate funds. Well, not at fontsquirrel.com. You don't have to worry about any of it. And they're picked through. It's the best of the best. And uh, I don't get a dime for saying that. So it's just a good website. I, I'm, it'll save you some time. There's tons of free, you know, uh, font websites out there, but they just have thousands of fonts. This one has yeah. has hundreds of them, but they're the good ones. So uh, very cool. Um, and uh, Mailchimp.com, Mailchimp.com is a free mailing list uh, provider. Uh, you can have mailing lists up to two thousand people. So that should cover just about every church in America, except for about five. Um, what I'm doing with it is I'm working on getting all the email addresses for all of my parents and I'm going to plug them into mailchimp.com and I'm going to use it to mail them things, email them announcements and updates, because you know what? I got a website, I got a Facebook and those are great, but the more communicate lines of communication I can have with my people, the better. And I'm kind of stealing the idea from, from the private school that my daughter gets to go to as a result of me working at the church that owns it. Um, they're constantly barraging me. I mean, from the teacher all the way to the, the the librarian. I mean, did the librarian ever talk to your mom when you were in school? No. no. Uh, I'm getting emails from everybody, and I read them. I actually do, and I get more involved in my kids' school because they're just communicating. So I want to do the same thing. Mailchimp.com is a free way to do that. Um, now, if you want to talk about website hosting, I do want to tell you that we- uh, Bluehost is where I host all of my podcasts and their uh, their associated websites. You can check that out at nlcast.com slash Bluehost. You can have unlimited websites, unlimited bandwidth, unlimited uploads and downloads and, and everything 
It's awesome for one low price. Uh, check it out at nlcast.com slash bluehost. And uh, so that'll do it, man. That'll do it. We're going to shut awesome. down the show. I'm going to play my play my music. You can check out the show, helpimadchildrenspastor.com. We've got forums. I'd love for you to go check them out and get signed up for an account and communicate with me and John. You can ask questions and stuff. Send those things to helpimacp at gmail.com. And uh, we'll see you guys next time right here on Help I'm a Children's Pastor. God bless.